Hey, good morning, and welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I am Betty McDowell, Vice President of Ministry Services here at Heartbeat International. I have the privilege of being the host today for our program, and our producer is Christine Grimmett. How are you doing this morning, Christine? I'm good, Betty. Thanks. Uh, I want to mention that today's sponsor is um, extremely relevant for today's story, but it is the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. So right now there are over 900 providers in the network. And if you want to read stories about those lives saved, there's been over a thousand lives saved so far. And uh, you can read some of those stories and learn more about Abortion Pill Rescue and the Abortion Pill Rescue Network at abortionpillreversal.com. Thanks, Christine. Today we're going to be talking with Lisa Cyril, who's a healthcare team member here at Heartbeat International and a nurse manager on our Abortion Pill Rescue Network. That's the network that you just referred to, Christine, that has saved over a thousand lives as they connect women. These are women who started chemical abortion and then they've changed their minds and now looking to reverse that abortion and save the lives of their child. It's a pretty amazing program run by some pretty amazing people, and Lisa's one of them. So I'm so excited that we get to interview Lisa because she herself has such a message of hope. And I can't wait for you to hear her story, to hear her journey, and how she came to this life-saving mission. Now, I don't want to give it all away, but if you have a prodigal child in your life, if you have a heart to pray for medical professionals who come face-to-face with abortion, and or you yourself are in need of encouragement for your own journey of healing, I think you'll want to listen closely to today's podcast because Lisa's journey will bring you perspective and hope. So welcome, Lisa. Would you tell our listeners where you're joining us from today? Thanks, Betty. Yes, um, I am here in North Carolina. I live here in Raleigh, North Carolina. So um, bringing the show here from from Raleigh, NC today. (laughs) That's great. I know you're like a North Carolina girl through and through. That's where you've called home like your whole life, I believe. That's right. Born and raised in North Carolina. So Lisa, let's, let's start by giving us a little picture of your childhood. Tell us a little bit maybe about family and church and, and maybe that question that we always ask kids, you know, what did you imagine that you would be when you grew up? So tell us a little bit about that. So I grew up in a small town in North Carolina, Goldsboro, North Carolina. I lived with my mom and my dad. I was a single child. I was just the only child until I was 11 years old. My little brother came along. He spoiled things for you, huh? Yeah, he did. (laughs) Um, But we lived uh, next door to my grandparents and Um, one set was next door and the other set was just down the road. So surrounded by family, um, had a great church family. I was involved in church from day one. We were, um, we were in church every time the door doors were open, we were there. Um, about the age of 13, that's when I realized that I wanted to be a nurse. I, signed up for a volunteer program at my local hospital in town and I was a candy striper and I made a special request. Um, I wanted to be a labor and delivery volunteer. Um, 
And that, that was kind of a hard position to get into, but um, I was accepted. And so I spent my summer vacations, my holidays, weekends, uh, watching new lives come into the world and, and watching women get the care that they needed. And I just knew that that's what I wanted to do when I grew up. That's really great. So from a young age, you had a heart to really help women and to help mothers. Yes. So I know you had some traumatic things that happened in your life with um, a parent, your parents' divorce. And I think you even, you really lost your dad at a young age as well. That's kind of further into your story. But I know you've mentioned to me um, probably about um, kind of your high school year, somewhere in there. That's when you began to walk away from really the church. Yes, I did. Um, my parents, my parents divorced when I was about 13. And then um, I went on to middle school and started kind of dabbling in rebellion, wanting to do my own thing and carried that on through high school. My dad, my dad passed away in um, when I was about 23, when I was 23 years old. And um most of my rebellion actually occurred after I graduated high school. I really turned from the Lord, really walked away from church, and um, just wanted to do my own thing, wanted to be my own person, was just tired of rules, tired of, tired of doing what my parents said that I should do. All right, Lisa. So looking at that wonderful environment and then kind of hitting those rebellious years, if you look back at perhaps what you were taught in the church or your family's perspective on the issue of abortion and then kind of starting through your rebellion, your view on abortion, can you explain your thoughts on that and kind of your journey on the issue of life? Sure. I, um, I always knew that abortion was wrong. I was taught that um, it was just, it wasn't, accepted in our home or our community, our church. Um, I headed off to college, uh, to nursing. I wanted to be a nurse. So I headed off to college and, and took some classes towards my degree. Um, like I said, I was kind of, kind of in and out, um, of classes. I wasn't settled. I wasn't committed. Um, but I knew that I wanted to be a woman's health nurse. I wanted to be a midwife. And it seemed once I, I got in and started talking to my professors, they were saying, well, you need this experience to do this job. And I just really wanted to, things to hurry and flow quickly. And um, I found out that I probably wouldn't go straight into a um, a job as a nurse in a woman's health um, area because there's just not a shortage right now. That's what everybody wanted to do. So um, as I went taking these classes, doing my own thing, I'm looking for a job in a woman's health unit or an obstetric office or something like that. And I came across an ad for a gynecology office. And so um, I applied to the job and went in for an interview and they, um, everything was going well. And, and she said, so how are you with abortion? And so my first response was, well, 
I'm not okay with abortion, but, you know, I can, you know, I can do this job. You know, I just have some certain parameters. I need, need to, those to be followed. Um, and so we came to an agreement and I did take, end up taking a job at an abortion clinic. Okay. So you headed off to college, all these interests in helping women, even being a midwife, but through a series of events, you end up working at the abortion clinic. You um, had the view that it's wrong, but it's her decision. And you took this job with saying, okay, here's my parameters. So what were those parameters? So I, I told them I can do this, but I want you to know that I can do, uh, I can do intake on patients. I can work, um, the recovery room and I, I guess I will, I will work the small room. Now the small room is where procedures are done uh, on women who are, um, less 12 weeks or under 12 weeks gestation or under. So I was okay with that. Um, I could get by with that. So that's when, um, they, they, granted my wishes, they were fine with that. And so that's what I did. Okay. So you say there's a small room, which means that there must be a large room. And so tell me like what other parts existed in the clinic that you were able to stay away from at least at first? So I really was against working the large room, which um, the definition of the large room is anything over 12 weeks. In North Carolina, at that time, um, we were doing abortions up until 20 weeks gestation. So large large room was 13 weeks to 20 weeks. And um, then we also had a room that was called the, it was the POC room, or that's where the products of conception were taken um, after the procedure. So we also called that room the dirty room. Well, I didn't want any part of that room and I didn't want any part of the large room. But as, as I stayed there and as I worked, um, I was, I was called to do those, to do those, those things, to take on those, um, tasks that occurred in the POC room and in the large room. Okay. So when I think of stories like yours, I know that, well, you may have walked away from God. God didn't walk away from you. And I know that there had to be those moments of awareness or awakening where you would question whether or not you should be working in an abortion clinic. Um, I know that because of where you are now. So but I'm wondering if you would take a moment and share with us. Um, I know this is difficult stuff and, and we'll have to make sure our listeners are aware that we're, we're touching on some pretty difficult um, stories and situations. But would you share with us one of those moments of awakening or awareness where you really started questioning if you should be working in a clinic, in an abortion clinic? Well, Betty, you're absolutely right. God never never left me the entire time. And I do believe that I did have, you know, I did have those defining moments where I did question. 
Um, and as I share these, you know, I, I want to just say that why do we share these stories? Well, they're so difficult to talk about, so hard to um, to communicate what goes on in an abortion clinic. But we we just want I want people to understand that um, abortion is just not as simple as as some people make it. And I know it hurts and I know it's triggering and it's not fun to sit here and and tell you these stories, but Mm -hmm. it's just so important for people to understand exactly what it, what it really is. Um, But I'd say early on my first real experience with, you know, that aha moment where I was just like, what am I doing? Um, I was working in a small room and um, I, like I said, I was okay with the small room because it was, it was just easier. Um, when an abortion was done, there was a collection bag and all of the, um, the products of conception were contained in this bag. I could slip the bag off, put it in a specimen um, container and send it off to the lab. Well, this particular day, um, I was assisting with an abortion and um, turned on the machine. And all of a sudden, I hear like this really loud um, popping sound. And I just had no idea what had happened. But um, I quickly realized that the pressure had been so high that the collection bag had slipped off the tubing. And so I'm frantically running around saying, you know, what am I supposed to do now? This is not supposed to be this way. Um, And I was basically told that I needed to figure it out. The specimen needed to go to the lab. So I was assisting and I needed to make it work. So um, I went and I gathered all my supplies and I began to collect what was called the specimen. Um, But as I'm cleaning out this container, what I found was a perfectly formed baby boy at about 12 weeks gestation. And at that moment, I just stood, I just stood there for a few minutes and holding him in my gloved hand. And I was just, remember being torn between what I thought was real and what I thought was a necessary evil. Mm -hmm. Um, And I truly believe that that was the day that I began to detach myself. And I think that at that point I said, you know, I have to do what I have to do. So I think detachment and um, just dehumanizing these babies Mm. um, and saying that only the women matter, even though I didn't really necessarily mean that it was just kind of a mindset that you had to have to get through. That's interesting that you say that because I think of the apostle Paul and he talks about a seared conscience and that's something that perhaps you were doing and that other workers or they do to, keep them moving forward is to 
push it aside and decide something else is more important rather than understanding that both perhaps woman and child are important. I also think it's interesting that you used, you said uh, when when things went awry, when the collection bag popped, you said it's not supposed to be this way. I think that's pretty profound mm-hmm. because that had to have been in some sense the thought of you holding that child in your hand. It's not supposed to be this way. Right. Certainly fits that as well. So thank you for sharing that because, again, I know those are tough stories and we don't want to traumatize people, but it is challenging because we want people to know the truth. I think when people know the truth, it does begin to um, knock down the walls or put cracks in the wall that we've built. So you were in a process of building a wall and Mm -hmm. yet God was using all of those things to actually break down a wall that you were building. So interesting stuff. Yes. So during your time in the abortion clinic, that's my understanding. That's where you first learned about RU486 or chemical abortion. Can you tell us about your experience with that? Yeah. So um, one day I'm, it's, we're getting, we're getting the clinic set up. And um, that day the CEO was visiting and um, the clinic manager and the physician, they were all gathered around in the, um, the main intake area chatting. And um, I overheard them talking about this new medication um, that was uh, just coming to the United States, just been approved uh, by the FDA and um, how amazing this medication was because what we were going to be able to do is we were going to be able to administer a pill um, to these women uh, that come in and they would be able to go home and um, have their abortion in the privacy of their own home. Um, And it just caught me like, kind of caught me off guard and I stopped and I was like, kind of interrupted. And I was like, wow, what did you just say? What an awesome idea. Women do not have to come in here. They don't have to have surgery. They don't have to be in this environment. They can do this all by themselves. And we just thought that was the best thing ever. Um, so I started thinking and, um, I said, well, how are we going to do this? I kind of took the initiative to find out more. I was very interested. And um, I asked if I could could help get anything started, if I could assist with it. Um, and I was given I was given the task of getting that program started in in our clinic. So um, that's how I found out about RU46, abortion pill. Um, in, and that was around, let's see, it came in about 2000, um, September of 2000 is when we started doing the abortion pill in our clinic and women would come in. And, um, at that point I was just working strictly with, um, abortion pill. I would have the women would come in, in groups and I would do the education and administration 
and I also would carry the after hours number in case they um, had any questions or any emergencies. Wow, we could probably delve right there for a long time. But for the purposes of our podcast, I want to take you just a little past that. So you've had experience with uh, certainly helping women and intake and recovery and the different forms of abortion. And then, of course, chemical abortion. And as your life went on, you got married and then you wanted to start growing your own family. So I know that there had to be this debate going on in your head as much as you're saying, I tried to detach myself again because of who you are now. We know that there was something happening inside. So I know that a time came when you just had to say to yourself, I'm done. And I'd like you to tell us about that defining moment, but I'm going to ask you to hold that for just a moment and turn the mic over to Christine for just a little bit. Yeah, again, our sponsor today is the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. So in the U.S., currently nearly half of all abortions happen through the chemical abortion or the abortion pill, as it's also known. But through an effective network of healthcare professionals, the Abortion Pill Rescue Network is able to help women try to reverse the effects of that first abortion pill. But time is of the essence. If you or anyone you know has taken the abortion pill and regret that choice, it is not too late. There is hope. Go to abortionpillreversal.com and connect with someone confidentially who can help. Or if you'd like to learn more about this life-saving protocol and are interested in joining the Abortion Pill Rescue Network, go to abortionpillreversal.com and click About Us to learn more. Thank you so much, Christine. We love our sponsors, especially the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. So, okay, now we can go back to our question for you, Lisa. Can you tell us about that defining moment where you just said, I'm, I'm done? Well, I had, I was now working in a clinic that offered more services. So um, in this particular clinic, um, it was busier. Um, We had um, more anesthesia. We provided tubal ligations. Um, One day I was working, I was working in the recovery room and I was a mother myself, I was pregnant, and I was just at about the time where babies start moving. So life was becoming very real to me. Um, It seems I had detached myself from life in the womb for so long. When it happened to me, I just could no longer trick myself into believing that it wasn't real. So this particular day, we were all gathered in the recovery room, and um, it was just an especially sad day. It was, it was just gloomy, and women were women were crying and mourning the loss of their babies. And I just stopped and I looked around, and for a moment, I just kind of soaked in the reality of the pain. Um, and I think at that moment, I just realized how much of every abortion that I assisted with, I took on, I took on that mother's pain and shame and guilt. Um, 
And I knew I had to get out, I had to get out. And so that day I decided I was going to leave and I did, and I never returned. It's heavy stuff here, isn't it? But it's the reality. So you worked in the abortion industry for 10 years. You left in about 2005, and I know there's some ins and outs that you might want to share in this process, but I know you moved on to like labor and delivery, postpartum care, well, baby care, and you also found your way back to the church. If I moved to 2013, then I know that the adventure of the world of pregnancy help and pregnancy help centers comes into the picture. Um, so I don't know if you want to give us a couple points in there and how you found your way then to the Pregnancy Resource Center. Yes, so I did. I um, started my family and um, made my way back to church. And while at church, um, I found out that the local pregnancy center was hiring. They needed a nurse manager. And so I you know, I talked with my husband and I said, this is it. This is exactly what I need. This is going to just, you know, just, this is going to make everything right. And, um, so I, I interviewed and I took the job, I got the job and, um, I had just left out one little detail. I did not tell my director anything about my, um, work in the abortion industry. So, um, I began my training. I started training, um, in crisis pregnancy coaching through light university. And, um, when we got to the session on the abortion, um, different types of abortion and abortion in instruments, I started experiencing emotions that I knew I needed help with. I, I just was very unsettled and just needed a little help navigating through through those feelings. So I started my own my own search, you know, I went to Google and I'm like reading everything about sin and forgiveness. I mean, even though I had, you know, asked I'd repented of my sins and I and God had forgiven me, had forgiven me um, for my time in the abortion industry. I still just felt so just unsettled. So um, as I'm doing my Google search on sin, um, I come across um, an abortion. I come across the name Abby Johnson. And so I'm reading about Abby and um, I decide I'm going to contact this lady. So um, I emailed her and I said, I am struggling. This is what has happened in my life. And I feel like I'm where I need to be right now, but I'm just having a really hard time. And at that point, um, she invited me to one of her healing retreats and I, um, and I, and I, I went, I ended up going on the healing retreat and, um, I ended up meeting with my director before I went on the healing retreat, um, met with her and told her my story and how I was feeling and why I was feeling like I was feeling. And 
that day, my director and I, we, we learned a lot about truth and grace. Um, and I am just so grateful that I was placed under her leadership as I began my healing journey. Um, just so much truth and so much grace. And uh, I just really just have such a special place in my heart for the Pregnancy Center. Just such a group of awesome women who support each other. I'm just truly blessed to have landed um, under, under the Pregnancy Center roof, for sure. Um, as far as my time with, and then there were none, um, Abby Johnson, God just directed me right there to her. And they're also just an outstanding group of women who provide support on really good days and really bad days. So um, definitely a blessing there. I have to take a minute just to say thank you to Tanya because yes. that was the director or that is the director of the center and to Abby because these two women were really very pivotal in your healing. And it's not that you're telling us you've arrived and you don't need any more healing because it really is a journey, isn't it? That's right. So we're just excited that you're at this part of the journey. And really kind of my next question then for you is, how did you get to Abortion Pill Rescue Network? One day, Abby reached out to me and she said, you're never going to believe what I have for you. She's like, there's this program, it's called Abortion Pill Reversal, and um, they, they treat women that have taken the abortion pill. And she was so excited and she was, and I was going, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is the strangest thing ever. Are you sure this is right? <laughs> and she said, yes, it is. And um, she was like, and your story and where you've been and your healing journey. She's like, this is just perfect. She's like, I just want to encourage you to, to call this number and um, let them know that, that you would want to sign up for some shifts. It's a hotline and um, you can work with these women who, who are seeking to reverse their abortion. And so I was like, well, I'll think about it. I'll pray about it. Let me see. And so I, I thought about it for a couple of days and um, I said, well, let me just see what this is all about. And I called and, and signed up and started training and started taking calls for um, the abortion pill uh, rescue hotline. Wow. It's an incredible story. And you think 10 years in the abortion industry and then what about four years in Willie with abortion pill rescue and or three years with abortion pill rescue and about four years in pregnancy help ministry. It's pretty powerful. And what a turnaround. So I think about the story that you told us about one that one defining moment. I know that there were others for you when you were in the abortion industry and then coming out. But now here you are on the abortion pill rescue uh, network and taking calls. So can you tell us perhaps one of those kind of defining stories that says, hey, you're in the right place, Lisa. You're where I want you to be. 
Yeah, so about, I guess it's been about two and a half years um, now, I was working with a client um, who called in and she had taken the first the first abortion pill and um, she's like, I, I want, I regret this, I want to reverse and we were looking for providers and there was nothing, there were no providers available in her area. And so we started Googling and looking for, for resources. And I said to her, well, there's a Catholic hospital. We could call them and see if we could get you in for treatment. And she was very resistant. And she said, no, I cannot go to that hospital. My mother works the front desk there. And I cannot let her know what I have done. Um, so this went on, um, back and forth for hours and, um, onto the next day. And I finally said, okay, if you want to attempt reversal, we're, you know, we're, we're almost 72 hours out at this point. And I said to her, we're going to have to at least call and just see if we can speak with someone in the emergency department just to see if we can't get some help. And she finally agreed. And so I called and I got in touch with a, um, a women's health nurse practitioner who um, was back in the ER that day. And um, she said, the nurse practitioner said, we're going to do everything we can get do to get her into the back without any questions asked. And so um, the, client, the client said, okay, I'll give it a try. And this nurse practitioner was able to get the client into the emergency room without any questions asked. So um, she went straight to the back to meet with this nurse and um, she was treated with progesterone, uh, given an ultrasound, treated with progesterone. And now, um, like I said, her baby is about two and a half, two and a half years old, a healthy baby boy. Um, and they are doing fantastic and so, so grateful for um, abortion pill rescue services. Wow, that's great. That's one of the many of the over 1,000 lives saved through the network. That's really pretty cool. Lisa, I'm so grateful for you sharing your story with us. And um, in my own world, in my observations, I have a dear friend who was also a nurse in the abortion industry. She's really, I, I credit her for helping me come to a renewal of my faith um, because we ended up working in the same place because she had a similar experience to you and left the abortion industry and ended up working where I was working, which really started a lifelong friendship. And the thing that I notice about her, like I notice in you, is that heart to help women. And she now serves in the pro-life movement, helping women who have had abortions. And so I see that uh, sometimes we like to make out people who work in the abortion industry as um, just unkind or uncaring. But really what I feel like I keep seeing more and more, it's women who really want to help women. And they just 
don't think through what is best for women or understanding that it, you can help women and children, that abortion isn't necessary. So I really thank you for your story and I bless you in your continued redemptive journey. And I wanted to um, share with you that I had asked Krista, your um, director of the um, really the medical impact team and the fearless leader of the abortion pill rescue network um, to share just a couple things about you. And this is what she said. She said, Lisa helps to manage the abortion pill rescue network, overseeing our team of nurses who take calls from women experiencing regret after starting a chemical abortion. She leads the team by example. Her heart is always with the women we help, hurting with them when they hurt, advocating for them in every way she can, making sure they have all they need to make the best choices possible. The Lord, as only he can, has taken Lisa's past experiences in the abortion industry and turned them around for good. He's called her to the work of abortion pill rescue to offer truth, real choices, and compassion to women. Lisa is a mom, a wife, a nurse, and an adored member of our medical impact team. Lisa truly is one of my favorite people in the world, and I'm honored to call her a friend. So Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your story. And if you wanted to say something in closing to folks out there who maybe they have the prodigal child or, or they want a word of encouragement to pray for medical professionals, or perhaps even trying to get through and move on to their own healing journey. What word of hope would you like to say to them before we close? Well, I think that um, God puts you exactly where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. Not that I was supposed to work in the abortion industry, but he certainly has taken that pain and he certainly has taken that um all the bad stuff and has turned it for good and um just as i look back on my journey and where i am now i'm just so grateful that um with each new season that he provides there's just so been so much healing and so much restoration it's such a huge blessing in that for me and um he never, ever gives up. He never gives up. He's always there to offer something big and something better. And even when you think there's nothing left, um, he always turns around and offers you another surprise. Um, and so I would just say for those of you who are struggling through a healing journey or your child or or just have a heart for a worker. Just be persistent in your prayers because God knows and he has a plan and um, he's working that out. Just be supportive. Thanks, Lisa. Good word. We appreciate you sharing your story with us today. And for our listeners, um, please know that you are on our hearts and in our prayers. And thank you for taking time to listen. And with that, I'm going to turn things back over to our producer, Christine. 
Thanks again, Betty. And thank you, Lisa. I know your story has blessed a lot of people already and will continue to do so. I also want to thank our sponsor one last time today, the Abortion Pill Rescue Network. They are saving lives every day and starting that life-saving protocol. So if you'd like to learn more, go to abortionpillreversal.com. You can click About Us to learn more. There's contact information if you want to contact them to learn more um, and speak to Lisa or another member of the medical impact team directly. Thank you all and hope you have a great day.